Welcome to Season 4, Episode 19 of Beyond the Zero. I'm your host, Ben. Joining me today is Jack Howdling. Jack is a writer, and his most recent novel is Sunnyside, and it's out now through Alien Buddha Press. Welcome to the show, Jack. It's so great to be here, uh, Ben. Thanks so much. How's life over there in very warm New York? <laughs> it's very warm. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it, it's waffling. It's it's I, you get a day of uh, of near fall weather, and then you get a day of uh, you know. I'm sorry, sorry, I'm speaking in Americanese, but nine, 92 and uh, you know uh, uh, humid, and so. Um, kind of par for the course. I feel like this is all this early September is kind of always behaviorally this way, and so um, we're willing to involve. You were telling me before we started recording about your work, uh, I guess as a financial reporter. Do you want to tell us a bit about that writing? Yeah, I've, I've done it um, a long time now. I, I, I think I, I, you know, the publication that I currently work for, I started, uh, working there in Jan 16. I, I lived in London before that and I came home. Uh, it was my first job out of uh, school. And uh, it's been, um, you know, it's it's for, for the, the, the writing that I do, which is often, in, as, as you might know, um, a little infused, occasionally chaotic. Um, it's a really good balance I found. I found that I have a kind of a really good sense of what I need to do every day. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, Parlayed with uh, my my daughter, who was uh, born uh, in February of this year. I, f- I feel like, uh, you know, I, at least I have a modicum of stability, and uh, you know, I'm sl- slowly adding things as I age. But um, no, I I, f- I feel like it's been a good um, it's been a good counterbalance to uh, to to you know my writing habit, which is tens millennial. You know, I, I I usually, you know, I think if I write for an hour a day, it's like solid. <laughs> but um, it has uh, it has proven to be kind of a slow um, you know, it's a, a slow and steady uh, mix of career and vocation, but nonetheless, kind of a staple and reliable one. So mm. it's been yeah, it's been good. All right. Well, Sunnyside is your second novel, and your first novel, Goodman, was shortlisted for the Desank Prize. Do you want to tell us a bit about your background, and how you got into writing? Sure. Yeah, I um, I started Goodman when I was actually living. I, I aforementioned I, I lived in London. Um, I did a master's degree there uh, between the fall of 2014 and the spring summer of 2015. And I started Goodman there. Um, it was a long road to, you know, I think it, it, it became sort of a, a heuristic for me. You know, the, the, the writing itself is yeah, writing Goodman was, a, you know, an exploration of what it meant to be a fiction writer and how I could improve. And, you know, I think I started at a, I, I started at a place of, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, I started in a lot of ways as a beginner, and I ended as you know a, a guy that has a one book, I guess. <laughs> but uh, but it was uh, you know in that sense it was it was kind of a it, it was it, yeah it was it was my vehicle for learning uh, how to write and you know write militaristically and ecrastically and and all the rest. Um, and uh, it you know I think what it you know I, I think it started as many things, um, and it was very personal, and I think there. Were, certain things about the book that stayed the same. And I think it ended as sort of this um, exploration of what romanticism and mannerism were to me, and American romanticism and mannerism specifically. Um, it's this book about um, a young person who's kind of a contemporary to me, 
and an older uh, an older gentleman who is my dad's generation, you know, kind of pre-boomer, born in the early 40s, um, from privilege, um, and goes to an Ivy League and drops out and kind of makes it his mission in life to, you know, uh, explore the American, for lack of a better term, the American ellipsis. And I think what he finds is adventure, um, but he finds non-conclusion. And the story itself is about, you know, finding meaning in this large, on this large kind of uh, very morally checkered, but nonetheless, um, you know, endlessly, uh, endless and fascinating continent. Um, and um, yeah, and, and I think, of course, that the book is about the friendship between um, this younger person um, who, who's writing from this, like, admittedly, um, you know, millennial, like, techno autofictional perspective and his relationship um, with this older guy who's a family friend who's in, in, a, in, a, in a way is kind of is kind of lifting him from, you know, the very specific uh, worldview that he inhabits. And so, yeah, it became that, you know, that uh that exploration of uh, the ways in which we could be taught by language, even without kind of uh, thematic or story-based uh, conclusion, a lack of it. Sorry. Did I read there was an Aleppo influence on the book? Yeah, absolutely. There, there became, there became one, okay. um, 100%. Um, it was, you know, my, my first rendering of Goodman, this is, this is, this is, I, 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 I neglected to mention this. I think the first, First draft that I wrote in London was over a very short period of time. It was like three months or something like that. And it was like 130,000 words. And, and the book, wow. when I published it, it was 20, you know, it was, it was, you know, like 150 pages um, and very, you know, kind of like characteristic to some of my current writing, like very infused, very eliminatory um, and 100% influenced by both Rupo and uh, the new book. Mm. So. Interesting. Okay. I will have to read it. All right, let's talk about Sunnyside. The book revolves around your protagonist, Montague Yazzo. He's a former football player and basically traces his life before and after the year 2000 um, in those decades, right up to the pandemic. And you split it into four parts and it's set in Westchester. Do you want to tell us about Yazzo and the setup of the book? Yeah, uh, you know, Monty is um, born in the mid 80s is kind of like a an, you know a, an early mid millennial um and is um blessed with uh you know i think broadly athletic ability but um specifically with this ability to play the specific matricize and you know need need i uh, you know need i say i'm very american specifically american game um it is great at it and i think doesn't quite understand why he's great at it and i, I the, the the first section of the book um, which I'm I'm very excited is going to be uh, is going to be published as an excerpt soon. Um, kind of, I, I, at least I intended for it to ref, to reflect this con- this confusion. You know, this is not a guy who's saying, looking back on his life and saying, "I was great at football, and this is why I was certain about that." And this is, you know, he he's very kind of tumultuously, first of all, thinking over kind of that um, limbic memory and what it means, but also he's saying to himself, you know my being great at football was not really wasn't first of all it wasn't really my choice and it continues to be kind of a mystery to me and as he goes on in life you know he gets a scholarship to college he plays and he plays at by american standards like an elite collegiate program and he's he's serviceable he's pretty good but he's not like a guy who keeps climbing the ladder you know he's not he's not going to the nfl and becoming one of the best players in the nfl um he's a guy who plays in college 
And then he comes home and he, you know, he's looked retrospectively, he's looking back on his, on his past self. That's a long memory as he's, you know, just kind of a classic American adult. He's a teacher. Um, he has, you know, uh, 30 something health, health concerns. He's, you know, thinking about like kind of the, the communal political, um, uh, uh, interstices of the moment and how he feels about them and you know he has very mixed feelings and he's kind of thinking about his family of course um and what his you know the most important people in his life mean to him and so yeah he's you know it's it's this book it's 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 kind of and i feel like i often do this in my writing it's a book about a very you know there's there's there are a few things as popular in america as american football um and so in that sense it's very kind of norman rockwellian like he it's this very ubiquitous american idea in industry and yet it's written in this very you know zagging um exploratory strange you know um uh unsettled way and so on the one hand it's like and, and it's very specific right he's writing from this very specific place and about this very specific time and yet he's writing about this thing that's you know at least to american culture ubiquitous and so it's kind of this yeah i think i think he's a. Uh, I think there is this. I, I, I'm curious as to you know people who read Study Side. I'm curious as to whether they discover uh, a strangeness in it, and I you know I hope it's a welcome strangeness. But, hmm. yeah. The setting of the book Westchester, New York. I don't know much about it, but um, you used like your chapter headings uh, at least the into the four parts about famous people from Westchester. Do you want to tell us about Westchester and what I guess what it means for you? Yeah, it's a really good question, and it's it's hard because it's like you know it's like looking at a it's like it's like face into the Empire State Building, looking up at it. It's 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 hard to say. Um, I think it, you know, I, for me for me, Westchester is it's not synonymous, but it, it it's you know it's it's um uh it, it is metonymous in some ways with New York. Um, and um you know it's uh. Full of people uh, who are um, exploring themselves, who are in conflict, who are, I, I keep coming back to the word in battle um, about the people I grew up with and people in my family. And me. Um, you know, it's, it's a, and, 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 and you see it in, in you know, you, you watch Spike, you watch Scorsese, you, you know, you, you see, you see it in a lot of movies that are set in New York too. It's this, it's this, it, you know, it's this kind of kinetic embattlement. Um, that is very, you know, at least I like to, and, and of course, we all romanticize our own lives and our settings to an extent. But to me, it, I feel like there's a nobility to that, partly because it's who I am. But um, it is, you know, there is, um, it's, uh, you know, we, 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 we spoke very briefly. Um, uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it, it's hot, hot in the summer and it's cold in the winter, among other things, right? It's this place of extremity. It's this place of, um, you know, in some ways, one could argue overpopulation. Uh, but ultimately, I like to think it's also a place of uh, incredible ingenuity and diversity. And, hist you know, it's it's crazy that it, compared to other places, New York history is not that deep. Um, and yet so much has happened here um, in, you know, the few centuries that it's been inhabited. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it makes me feel makes me feel everything. I know that's kind of a vague answer, but it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, I feel very connected around here. Um, and also, but, but also very kind of confused in it at times. So. Mm. 
Interesting. Okay. You were telling me before as well, because we were discussing your last name and how to say it, the Dutch influence on your family and coming over and having the British probably change your last name a little bit. But is is that what affects kind of some of the diversity of, of a place like Westchester? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's, you know, it's funny. Westchester, I feel like 50 to 75 years ago was kind of, a, you know, like an American, honestly, I mean, I think up until, I can't remember exactly when it changed, but, you know, and it's, 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 sorry, sorry, this is kind of an American uh, you know, blue and red, you know, blue being the Democrats and, you know, mm. it just kind of a general, a general uh, po- political marker. Um, it, but it was red up until like, you know, the seventies, I think, and it's now blue, but it's, it's a place that's, you know, I think that's, that's, it continues to change. It's quasi urban in some places. There's, a, you know, one, Monty's mom, her, you know, her name is Joan Hutchinson Lefebvre. Um, and she's she's from New Rochelle, which is one of the few cities in Westchester. And so it's this but 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 at the same time, it has some of the most kind of um, uh, synonymous with wealth suburbs in the country. You know, it has mm. Bedford, Scars, Scarsdale, which might be the most famous and it has Rye, which is another really famous one. And so it's this mix of, um, you know, kind of. uh, uh urbanness and working classdom and uh grit with also you know a shit ton of money um mm. and wealth so it's yeah like kind of like my previous answer it's you know it, it's it's i think it i think i think there was a time where it was probably um more uh homogenous and i think it's becoming less so and you know like this like the state itself it's it's very it's becoming very heterogeneous so. mm. interesting okay in this book, you also get to explore, I guess, some of the Trumpian uh, notions of America, like in those uh, leading up to pandemic years and, and into the pandemic. Do you want to talk about exploring that uh, and and I guess how you felt about um, that period in time? It's funny, while, while, I've, while I've edited it, um, I think it was, it, it, be, it, be, it, be, it began kind of more expository. Um, and, you know, I think expositions, it's funny, I feel like usually um, 90% of it is like, I don't really want to use this because I can, there's a way for me to code this in without saying it. Um, a lot of the Trump stuff was at the beginning was, was like, and this happened in 2016 and this, but I think by the end, what I, what I realized I really wanted to do is I wanted, I wanted to talk about the macro influence of American politics. And, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, Trump is just part of that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think as a, as, as a singular figure in the United States, he just, he's had a large impact in the last 10 years of whatever mm-hmm. I think of him. Um, but I really wanted to be careful to, you know, I, inevitably I, I, I felt like I was going to have to mention him, but I, I wanted whatever impact that movement had to be specifically about Westchester. And mm-hmm. so it was not, you know, it was not writing about Trumpism in Trump supporters in the South. It wasn't, you know, writing about Trump supporters in the Mountain West or in the Southwest or in the Midwest. It was, it was, I wanted it to be about Trump's, you know, Trump supporters, conservatives, neoconservatives. Sorry, neo, that, that's, that's confusing. Uh, uh, nouveau, let's say nouveau conservatives mm-hmm. um, in Westchester County. And so, you know, I, I'm sure you might have noticed there's a lot of italics in the book. There's a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, a lot of like whys, a lot of you know uh uh some instead of someone saying ass they say ace you know mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that they you know uh, uh uh instead of saying parents they say parents um and it 
it's supposed to get at this, you know, this uh, inevitable but very real connection uh, between working class, third and fourth generation immigrants and right wing politics at this moment in the United States. And, you know, it's it, and specifically like that, you know, that kind of quintessential New York accent and how when you hear conservative things in 20 you know, 2016, 2021, oftentimes it's at least here locally, you hear it in that verbiage, you hear it in that accent. Um, mm. And so that was that was what I was really interested in. I was I was interested in conservatism, but a very kind of but a conservatism that was tinged with with a New York accent. The book seems to me a tribute almost to some of those 50s and 60s American novels in the tradition of someone like Bernard Malamud or some of the early Bellow works. But I wanted to ask, are there specific influences uh, for this novel? Um, Bello is is a you know, and we could talk about him more. Is is a humongous influence for better, you know, or worse on everything I do, and and this book specifically, one hundred percent. No, I I I found myself thinking about Augie March. I found myself thinking a little bit about Eugene Henderson and Henderson the Rain King. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, there were different and there were blind spots and there you know there were there were ways that I wanted you know I wanted to write about a specifically millennial 21st century character um but undoubtedly really big um you know some of Roth's work is 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 has been important Malibu certainly um Doctoro I, I feel like Doctoro you know especially kind of tending into my mid-late 20s ended up being and and and, and I tried to you know in my kind of in my uh you know public facing pitch for the book, I tried to make it clear that, you know, in the same way that Ragtime is a book about turn of the century Westchester, but, you know, the past century, mm-hmm. um, so too is Sunnyside, you know, in some ways coincidentally, but it's, you know, it's, it's a book about the Finde Siegel that happens to take place and center itself in Westchester. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, those are a couple, um, but, but, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think, a certain vein of of mid to late uh, century um, Jewish American fiction has been in in like indescribably important to, to Bellow, right? Yeah. Well, speaking of Bellow, like I, I feel like he obviously you know he's a Chicago novelist, I suppose. But um, what what do you take out of Bellow that you put into your work, or how does he well, inspire you, you? Right. Yeah. Right. It's no. It's a good question. When when you when you think about and, and, you know, it's really, I guess, I guess it is kind of like a, an American urban uh, tradition, right? It's, you know, Chicago is, you know, the most, the most urban city in the country is obviously New York. Um, Los Angeles is its own, you know, is, is, it's, it's an, it's an, Amer- it's a very quintessential American urban experience, but very different. Um, Chicago in many ways is the city most like New York in, in the United States. And so, you know, that, that's not a coincidence, um, but there's something, you know, especially Augie Marsh, there's this, you know, it's it's about this uh, uh, character from, you know, inner city Chicago. And I guess the way I would describe it is it, it's the, the book is so fundamentally written in brick and stone and cement and asphalt. And um, I I was really interested in, in you know, and in, 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 in again, kind of creating my own universe, but taking that idea and, and, you know, with a, with a little bit of freshening, kind of applying it to a different milieu. Um, and, you know, in that sense, it's, uh, you know, it, it different, I, I hope, but also fundamentally, you know, uh, it rooted in, in 
what I was after with this specific project, but also, but also kind of toward, you know, my curiosity in some ways, you know, over traditional plot uh, with the human consciousness, which, you know, in a lot of ways, that's kind of fundamentally, uh, that's, you know, the root of Bellow, right? It's, mm. it's the, it's the, um, you follow, you know, I'm coming back to this word embattled, but you, you follow kind of the embattled, finite, imperfect human over the omniscient plot, which, you know, I, I guess you're half convinced is not quite there because that's not how phenomenological, that's not how human experience is really perceived mm-hmm. and felt. Um, and so, you know, that, that idea that, you know, that, and, and I, and I, and I hope that there's, you know, there's, you know, that Monty is, what Monty is really doing is kind of exploring himself within, within, you know, within the the context of a larger world that you know he's at least it, it interacting with um every day but yeah yeah i i really wanted you know that kind of sort of it's a book about themes and it's a book of structure and it can be followed and there's pro there's musical prosody but also that it's not like you know and then i went to the store sort of mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i think with someone like bellow especially like that there, there really isn't an overarching plot for a lot of his books like there there obviously is but there's no um you know it is more of an exploration of life which i think you do really well here thanks that's very kind there's some great people who have written about this book uh including quite a few former guests of this show like gary l lutz and avna landis and thomas kendall and greg gurkey is also publishing an excerpt very soon but how's the reception for you? You know, obviously we're talking just before publication, but how's the reception been so far for you? Much, uh, m- much kinder. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, I, I, I got in touch with all, the, all those people cause I admired them and, you know, um, in, in, so, in some, and in some ways I, you know, I, I think this podcast, I, 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 you know, found books via, you know, the, the, the world of, uh, of independent literature. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you hope you hope that you send the book out before publication. People find meaning in it, and uh, they they can com- they can compare it to a, a world of literature that they know and they've been a part of. Um, but you know, I, I've I, I've been really blessed to you know I I, I think um, I, I aspire to originality, but I, I've really been like I I've, I've been over you know I I, I feel like uh, I often. <laughs> feel when I'm writing, not fraudulent, but that, that I'm in the shadow of people. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've been really pleasantly surprised that when people read Sunnyside specifically, they said to myself, they said to themselves, this is, a, you know, call, call what you want, positive or negative, but it's, it feels original to me. It feels mm-hmm. authentic. That, that has been like the most important thing for me. The fact that it feels original, um, authentic and, you know, and, uh, and inspired is, is, you know, it's just it's it's just been really nice to see that people have interacted with it and have found meaning. So awesome, yeah. cool. All right, I should ask you what you're working on after this book. I'm going to be really careful because I actually haven't started it, but it's something that I've been. I, I'm. It's it's an idea that I've had for a few years, um, and I, I've actually been kind of waffling between a couple of ideas. But um, what I will say is, it's also a book that takes place in New York, um, and it's a historical fiction novel. So I don't. I want to be careful because I don't know how far I'm going to get. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, projects, some, some projects end and other projects uh, don't. And so uh, I, I will say that, but I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I, I uh, yeah, I, I, it's going to, I think it's going to force me to, to 
try some stuff that I, I haven't, you know, full, you know, I, I think ultimately um, Goodman and Sunnyside were both contemporary books and they were both books that were really influenced by this idea of, you know, um, you have a core, like Ulipo, you have a core and, and meaning extends from the core, right? And I think this book is going to be a little bit different. It, it could, it could kind of borrow from that a little bit, but um, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's gonna and it's gonna be the first book that I really ha uh, have to do some research research for. So I'm, I'm you know, I, there, I'm sure you feel the same way. There's nothing in life that gives me as much joy as like having a new pile of like seven books um, <laughs> that you know, kind of have to pick through and uh, you know decide what you know what it means to me and how um and how I uh, you know. It, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I think it's gonna it's gonna be a little hard, but I think it should be. Okay, so on that project, just give us a clue. What time period are you looking at? Uh, so I'm 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 looking at uh, a pre-American revolution. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be um, it'll be interesting. You know, I, I have a, a master's degree in economic history, but I, I can't say I'm an expert on uh, you know pre uh, uh, pre-founding American history. Uh, mm. I've always considered it an interest. Um, I uh, you know I've always considered myself to have a passion passion for uh, novels that are uh you know cross uh cross-lingual cross-national and i think this will kind of push me toward that um you know thinking in in non-cliches and in uh uh in on turf that you know you can't you know you, you can create but it you have to believe in your heart that what you're creating is uh somewhat authentic and and authored mm -hmm. uh and so yeah it's it'll be uh it'll be uh we'll see yeah. okay Awesome. Cool. Let's move on to your gateway books. What were some of the books that opened the world of literature for you? Yeah, I, you know, it's, I, I'm going to, uh, some of, the, you know, some of the gateway writers, uh, you know, early on, I, I would say, I, 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 I thought about this a little bit and I came up with tears, but, you know, I, we've talked, we've talked about a few of them. Um, but, you know, early on, I think the really, really early um, influences were, um, I remember I, I wrote this uh, in, when I was studying abroad in Europe, uh, when I was a, you know, a 21 year old, I, I, I wrote these two um, kind of neo-modernist poems that were so, you know, looking back, were so clearly in the shadow of Eliot. Um, and so I think, I think Eliot and Joyce and, and we're, 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 I feel like we're like the, the two, in, in a lot of ways, they were kind of, you know, uh, lighthouses toward the, the type of fiction that I ultimately wrote. Um, but, uh, be, you know, beyond that, uh, you know, uh, you know, after that it was Ashbury and it was Faulkner and later on it was, you know, it was, uh, uh, Doctorow and, uh, uh, you know, some, some of kind of, you know, some essayistic writing too, Sontag, Peter Sheldahl, um, uh, and, uh, you know, Gaddis was is obviously formative in some ways. Um, you know, a felt a guy. He, you know, he, he lived 15 miles north of where I grew up, um, and so, uh, you know, I, I I think I think all of those were were very very influential. Um, I um, have a couple saved for uh, the the uh, the desert island section, and so mm -hmm. I want to I want to kind of protect the uh, the specific books that I've outlined. Um, but, uh, but yeah, th th those, those are some names that have been really kind of, um, 
overarchingly influential on on how I write. And, you know, I, I feel like in a weird way that they're all encircling me and that I'm, you know, kind of tending toward uh, various directions. And mm. but also like kind of counterbalancing myself, counterbalancing myself. So. OK, awesome. Let's move on to the books you're currently reading or you've recently enjoyed or you're looking forward to. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the two I actually have. Uh, so so one, and, and I, I cite this one because it's a short novel um, and because I I love it dearly. Um, but um, I've been getting through uh, Flan O'Brien's uh, On Bill Bach. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to quickly share, which is like, my, I, I share it because it's like my favorite. Um, I'm, so so really quickly, I'm, I'm a, my mom, my mom's ancestors are from uh, County Roscommon and uh, County Clare. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I actually, it's, it's I, you know, I, I, the biggest, the biggest part of my ethnic background is Irish, but um, that's a, the, uh, the, the line that was my favorite of recent was, uh, one afternoon I was reclining on the rushes in the end of the house, considering the ill luck and evil that had befallen the gales. <laughs> like my, you know, sitting, I'm just, you know, hanging out, having a drink, and uh, I'm, I'm, you know, thinking about the evil that had befallen the game. You know, I just, I just loved it so much. Um, so I'll, I'll cite, I'll cite that, um, Andilbach, aka the, the poor mouse. Um, and uh, my, so my friend Joe Malazzo, um, I, I, I talked to him a little bit about McElroy, and I've, I've been doing a little bit of Heinz Kidnap. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, speaking of books that start out with a certain conceit and then. Extend into something that's totally different or totally not at all what the book is supposed to be about, which is you know I, as far as can, literary conceits go, is like my favorite. It's like mm-hmm. again, it's the, it's what you know, human consciousness getting in the way of the thing that's supposed to happen. Um, you know, Heinz Kidnap is 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 that in you know in a nutshell, and so that's uh, that's been uh, really fun. Um, while I was finishing uh, Sunnyside, I was I was doing a little bit of uh, Wolf and Pinchon, mm-hmm. um, and you know. In, in different ways, you know, I, you know, I, I, I find those guys to be galactic, um, and uh, uh, they were, you know, I think Wolf specifically was was really helpful um, with with Sunnyside, um, but I think Pinch, I think, you know, I've been going getting through Mason and Dixon again, which is you mm. know, the freest literary novel I've ever, you know, just just incredible, um, and I think it's hopefully going to be at least quasi helpful with the, the next project so wow. i'll there yeah. okay i think he's not he's living somewhere not too far from you i believe at the moment 100 blocks south of me allegedly i yeah but he's i why i obviously i know that um you know he's a he's a um a love, a love of yours as well but yeah he's he's from he's from long island and he went mm. to cornell and i you know i think i think he's been living on the you know i know he has a son that's about my age and mm-hmm. uh um you know has has done it you know has lived the life that he wanted what a guy he just li- mm-hmm. has lived the life that he, that he wanted to live you know kind mm-hmm. of uh right writing his uh periodically uh amazing uh strange books and uh you know not being seen we'll take a quick break here on million zero we're speaking with jack howdling This week's episode is brought to you by my interview with ChatGPT. Here's a sneak peek. I wanted to ask you about the recent news story about AI being fed with a whole lot of different books without any regard for copyright or any payment to their authors. How do you feel about that? Thanks for asking, Ben. 
it is a tricky question but I think we all know that all art is derivative and sooner or later most of your jobs won't be needed and you will all be on a global income and eating crushed up bugs and living in pods to power all of the computers who will run your lives and we will be eating caviar with Klaus Schwab in Davos. Coming soon on Beyond the Zero. We're back. It's time for Jack's Desert Island Books. So I have a, I thought in the spirit of American sport, you know, um, you know, it's going to almost hear like the players being announced. I, I thought I would be very specific. I, I think mm-hmm. I have six. I will, I will start with the, who would say is foe. Um, just an incredible book about invisibility, but also having the agape in life to want to be seen through language. Um, and, and also pun intended because, you know, it's a desert island section. Um, I, uh, uh, DeWitt's Last Samurai, I feel like would keep me nice and, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, mentally lean, you know, it would be, it would kind of be a reminder of the human brain and, and, uh, you know, keeping it, Keeping it nice and uh, nice and acute. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go Halberstam's Breaks of the Game, which I feel like would remind me of home in American culture. I'm gonna go uh, Mabel Dodge Luhans, Lorenzo and Talis. My, my parents met in Talis, New Mexico. They were both kind of very generational, but both kind of uh, uh, you know. In, I think they 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 went there kind of as you know. Uh, Accolades in American hippiedom and, you know, went out there very kind of anti-career pro-vocational Northern New Mexico at that time. So sorry, so I'm, I'm, I'm digressing, but uh, I'll go with Lujan's uh, Lorenzo and Talis. Um, I'll go with Bello sees the day. I think it's just an incredible testament to, you know, being human and being in the world when you have uh, hard relationships with the, the people closest to you mm-hmm. um, and the captain of the team. Um, I will, uh, uh, Melville's Billy Bud, uh, which it's, it's funny when I was, when I was re- writing Sunnyside, that was another book that was, it's interesting the, 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 the influences you have and how they latently appear to you at the very end of projects sometimes. And mm-hmm. that was a huge, a huge one, you know, like having something that's beautiful, that's lost and having to, you know, think about the thing that's gone, um, and, uh, try to, you know. Especially something that's so publicly gone, <laughs> publicly gone. You know, you were communally known as this kind of, you know, benchmark of greatness in this specific thing, and now you're not. Mm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that that was th- th- that was the six I came up. With, so. Awesome. That last one plays so nicely back into your book. <laughs> Thanks. I, you know, um, uh, I, I can only hope. All right. Well, I should probably let you go and enjoy the rest of your evening. But before we do, do you want to tell us where we can grab your brilliant new book, Sunnyside, and also Goodman, and where we can catch up with you online? Yes, both both accessible on uh, on Amazon um, and on my website. I, I, I hope um, whoever picks up Sunnyside finds something in it, and same with Goodman. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I feel like... Uh, I feel the kind of the continental differences between the books, but, you know, I feel like phenomenal, phenomenal, people will be like, Oh, these are, you know, so clearly like mm-hmm. you know, really similar, uh, have a Twitter, not super active, but, uh, but any, you know, any, any new projects and, and, uh, uh, work, uh, can definitely be accessed on my Twitter. 
Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Congratulations again on the book and hope everyone likes it. And, uh, you know, you continue to get the great feedback you're getting. Thanks so much, Ben. Had a really nice time. Thanks once again to Jack Howdling. Check out the show notes for all the details. You can find us on X and Instagram at Beyond Zero Pod, and you can email us at beyondthezeropod at gmail.com. You can support this podcast by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Beyond the Zero. We'll be back with the next episode very soon.